Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxley.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, let's jump right into it and recap the Temple game. The Bearcats take down Temple 88-83 to in overtime at Fifth Third Arena. J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Uh, gutty performance, man. Uh, it was good to see Big Vic out there. Um, then also, I thought um, David and Julius had a hell of a game. And then at the end, you know, when they went to overtime, you know, I thought, you know, Landers and Ali just went off went nuclear. Um, and it was just huge, man. But I thought what um, David and Julius did, especially in the second half, was just huge for the Bearcats because of how steady he was and making all the right plays. The only thing is um, Dunn just had a hell of a game for Temple that, that kind of counterbalanced it. But it's one of those games they've been losing lately, but they won again. So I don't care. As long as you get the dub, I'm cool with that. And Temple's a tough and gritty team. Hey, we'll take that dub and keep it moving. Yep. Neil, what stuck out to you? Yeah, what stuck out to me was obviously it was a great sign to see Victor Locken back. He finished with just 10 points. Uh, he fouled out late in the second half, but uh, didn't play the overtime. But it was good to see Victor Locken back on the court, especially with a game like Temple. And if the Bearcats wanted to make this run like they're on, uh, heading into the conference tournament, they're going to need uh, Big Vic back. So seeing Victor Locken back was phenomenal, but – Overall, I mean, JT kind of hit on it there. David DeJulius was the steady guy there for uh, most of the game. And then once you get into overtime, it was it's just like Landers Nolly, like third shift, like third gear, let's go. And he said there was a little confrontation right before the uh, overtime period between him and Damian Dunn. And it, it turned in – it was great overtime. I mean, him and Damian Dunn were just exchanging bucket for bucket, blow for blow. Uh, but overall, Landers Nolly put the team on his back when it needed the most. And that overtime stretch where he went four for four with uh, nine points, I believe, in overtime, like that's the performance you want from Landers Nolly. I mean, obviously, you don't want it in overtime. You want it earlier in the game. But if you can get a performance like that, and that's a game Wes Miller even said it himself. He said it uh, post game felt like they were just in that same exact situation a few weeks ago versus Tulane, which they were. But. They fell on the road versus Tulane. The difference is this time they pulled it out and they held strong. So that's a big win for the Bearcats and looking forward to turn it up a notch versus Memphis here this Sunday. Well, I, I just got a couple things real quick. Um, I, well, first of all, I couldn't make the game. Um, my mom and dad weren't feeling well. That's, I think, gosh, I, I don't know that I've missed – I've missed maybe two games at Fifth Third Arena this year. Mm. Uh, hey, I got to watch the game with my dad, um, which is cool. So it was really weird watching a home game on TV, which I normally yeah. don't do. But I saw a bunch of former player, uh, former basketball players were in the house. Uh, Trey Scott, uh, Chris Vogt, uh, Mel Levitt, Lenny Stokes. Yeah. Uh, did I miss anybody? Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, once again, we're up three at halftime. Uh, we couldn't close it out in uh, regulation. Uh, and, and listen, I, I've talked to several Bearcat fans um, yesterday and a little bit today, and th th they keep questioning what what happens 
at the end of games. Um, why aren't we able to, you know, execute properly at the end of games? And I, and I keep telling Bearcat fans, Russ Miller is giving Juice and Landers freedom. He's giving them space to, to create, right? They're veteran players. And, and it's kind of an NBA-style type of um, way of coaching. You don't, you don't want to give your players that – especially when you got a guy like Juice and Landers that, that know what they're doing, right? you you got to be able to improvise. And, and I don't think moving forward you know, it's always going to be like that, you know, at the end of crunch time games where – you know, West probably will have some sets and, and guys are going to run it to, you know, to perfection. But in a lot of cases, man, get, get the ball to Juice and Landers and, and, and Cook. And that's just that's just the way it is. Um, at the end of regulation, I think I put this in that text message. I really wish that Juice would have had the ball. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, I know Landers. Um, first of all, I know Landers was getting into it uh, with Dunn. But I also think that. I think Landers wanted to to win that basketball game for the Bearcats, and I'm all for that. I'm cool with that, but um, you know, I like the ball in Juice's hands at the end of the game, plain and simple. Um, we won the glass, uh, which was good. We didn't last time we played Temple, right? No, no, we definitely didn't. They got smoked on the glass, forty-six to twenty-eight. Um, you know, both teams were under uh, ten turnovers. Listen, I've been telling people Temple's a good team, man. Like, yeah, Dunn, Dunn's no joke, man. That dude can cook. Yeah, I think without Khalif Battle, it kind of let Damian Dunn cook a little bit more. Obviously, they complemented each other very well heading into the season. But Damian Damian Dunn, he's a guy. He's he's going to be an impact player for uh, Temple for the next few years. Someone to watch on. Obviously, he's a tough matchup. Dropped. What I believe it was close to 30, 32, 33. He had nine, yeah, 34, yeah, 34 points. Yeah, went nine for 21 from the field. Like, he, he was hitting some tough contested shots, was shooting roughly 45% from the field. Like, he, he was hitting some good shots. I, and I like the big boy Reynolds too. Um, he did a lot of good stuff. I like, I like him down low. Yeah, he was, um, he was solid. Yeah, he's, he's a solid player. What, what year is he? That's a good question. I do not have their roster. I believe a junior, if I remember right. He's a junior? Because he didn't play He didn't play first game when UC played him, right? Nope. I don't think so. Nope. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's a load down. He's got good yeah. moves. Yep. Um, good to see Headband Vic back. I only played 19 minutes, um, you know, and I'm sure he'll play some more. He got, you know, obviously, foul trouble and all that. I know he was upset he couldn't uh, finish that game. And if they would have lost that game, I know Vic would have been – <laughs> for sure right yeah um and i thought i thought skillings really should like everybody knows skillings is super athletic yeah i think he showed the nba level athleticism that he had yeah, yeah for sure especially yeah. on that baseline drive there where Odie sealed so he could get that reverse yep. acrobatic layup that was that sparked a huge momentum run there too late in the first half i believe that was actually a personal five-point run by Dan Skilling. So he hit the three, and then he drives baseline and goes up and under. I mean, that, that was a tough finish. It was a very pretty finish, and it sparked a lot of momentum. Yeah, he, he can drive both both hands. Like, I think t- his layups he had, he both, was, he both was going left. Like, that's huge um, just for his development. And then, like, how he's 
saw a triple threat. Like he had like a step back. I think he missed it, but it was like a play. Yeah, he didn't miss that step back. He missed the step back, but I was though. like, it was clean. Like he shot it with confidence. I was like, ah, he's. Then I think after that he went on the run. But like, um, like I said, man, you know I've been super high on Dan Skillings from the jump. Um, but you just could see him just kind of taking that step, which the Bearcats are gonna need. Maybe at the beginning of the season, and you know for sure, you know I'm just thinking about with him next year. So it was just good to see him step up. Like he wasn't backing down, and that like even when I look at back at a, a lot of the games that they may have lost, like even that first Houston game at at fifth third, I thought Dan Skillings was the one guy that was just like, hey, I'm I'm with it. You know, even though I don't think his numbers jumped off the page, it was just good to see him have one of them games personally. And I, I think he had a little bit more incentive. Um, that game too because he's from that philly jersey area right yep 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 so i'm sure he knew some of those other guys on uh, on temple's team but yeah he, he did yeah he definitely yeah he said post game he knows like four or five of them I, I, I figured he i figured he did that that area for basketball in that community is pretty pretty tight-knit in that philly new jersey area very tight-knit yeah. group um you know what funny last game we had zero blocks and we talked about having zero blocks was probably because Vic didn't play. And then this game, we only have two blocks and both blocks were from Vic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Vic. So, Hey, and listen, this is the last thing I'm going to say. And I, I've said this before. I, I, I truly believe this. I really think that Vic reminds me of, you know, how much better he's gotten since he got here and where he's going to end up. It's very Kenyon Martin-esque. And, and listen, I, I'm not saying he's going to turn out to be Kenyon Martin, but just his ability to get better every year. I think he's going to be on the trajectory of a Kenyon Martin. And he can do a lot of things that 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 Ken can do. So it's going to be really fun, I think, watching Vic um, over the next couple of years. And I, I don't know how you can't be – I know this year is probably not been what some Bearcat fans want it to, to be. But yeah. how can you not be excited with Vic returning? What we see from Dan Skellings, I don't yeah. think we've even seen what Josh Reed is capable of doing. Yep. Yet these recruits that are coming in, Rayvon Griffith's motor's crazy. Jizzle's yep. G- gonna be, Jizzle's gonna be special. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Day's got some nice excitement building around his name as well right now. I don't know as much about him. I know he's I know he's really small, so I'm interested to see how he he's like six one, but his bounce and his there's, athleticism is there's no the way he's six one. Are you serious? They say he's six two. I saw six one lower end. Six like one, six, maybe two, two hundred pounds or something like that. Yeah, he's he's he looks, got some bounce though to him. He looks about five six in those videos, man. I don't they know. Who. Six, they were saying six one, six two. Like one thing I keep saying, like six two and six one. I keep seeing six too, like on all the uh, all like the sites that's grading the JUCO, like top JUCO dudes. Well, I hope that's right. Yeah, um, he's bouncy heard, though. Yeah, I heard yeah, West, you got some nice bounce. West said he's a a, a bear cat, like a bear cat type of guy. So. He looks like it from the videos. Like he looks like real physical, like like what you think when you see a bear cat. Like I think of like up in dudes, his face, athletic, athletic dudes that want to get to the rack. Well, we we need that. <laughs> We're going <laughs> sure. Need that. Need that. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Bearcats take on Memphis February 26 at 2 p.m. in Memphis. 
We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now let's jump into the Big O segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. Now in this segment, we cover players to watch in key matchups. JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? All right, so this one I'm going to go with. It's, I mean, it's pretty easy. Landers Nolly, he's going back to a place he's played two years. Woo-hoo. Basketball, right? So, you know, he got in foul trouble when they played, you know, here. So he can't allow the emotion to get to him where he doesn't play his game. So I want to see if he learned from the first fit game at fifth third, a.k.a. the shoe. And I'm expecting him to go off for about, I think he's going to have, between 18 and 22 and I think he'll have like five to six boards and a few assists so I think like if he doesn't allow the the emotion of coming back to a place he played get to him I think I think he's going to have a huge game I think he's the key because people are going to be feeding off them they're going to want it for Landers so he has to control his emotion and but then feed off of it in a positive way don't allow him to get any bonehead fouls get teed up and stuff like that so I think I'm I'm looking at Landers. I think everybody's going to feed off of his energy because they're going to want to get that dub for him. JT, I'm I'm worried about that. I'm worried about the emotion. That's the thing. That's the, the first. Yeah. I think the first ten minutes are key for the Bearcats. Because we saw the emotion in the first game where Landers got into it with Kendrick Davis, and what was it? Ninety seconds in, we got yeah. a double T. Yeah. Obviously, so- <clears throat> hearing that Landers and Kendrick Davis are actually very good friends, so it's. There was no beef. It was just competitive battle, competitive nature, but you can't have that happen here. Obviously, it's the return to where he transferred out from. There's a lot of history there, but they can't have the early tees, the early foul trouble, and it'll be exciting, as JT mentioned, to see maybe Landers go for that 18 to 22 range this uh, on Sunday. And I, I think, JT, that really – and it's different when you play at the place you came from. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's different. there. And yeah. – Hopefully he comes in relaxed, lets the game come to him at the start, maybe try to get to the free throw line a little bit, you know, build up a lather and, and then then start cooking. So, yeah. Now, Neil, Memphis is 21 and seven right now, which I think the Bearcats should be 21 and seven. But who do we need to watch out for for from the Tigers? Yeah. So for the Tigers, they obviously this is going to be a little different of a Memphis team that we saw just a couple of weeks ago when they came to fifth third arena uh, after the news of Keontae Kennedy popped off after he uh, suffered a broken hand following the Houston game by apparently punching a wall uh, following their 64 to seven or 74 to 62 loss to Houston. So that that's a big blow for Memphis. Obviously Keontae Kennedy is one of their key players. He's averaging nearly 10 points a game, three boards. So he's a guy that can impact the game on many ways. So a, they're going to be without a big piece to, their starting lineup, they've battled injuries all season. Uh, so Keontae Kendi is likely out for the remainder of the season per reports that we have seen. So you throw out, that's a big thing to keep an eye on. But this is a team that's still riddled with injuries. Alex Lomax is still just now finding himself back to his strength after missing most of the season due to, a, I believe it was a quad injury. And then you have Malcolm Dandridge, the big man, has also just got back into playing uh, he didn't play in the first team's matchup. Neither Dandridge or Lomax played in the first matchup. Obviously, we have seen them over the years. They're both very good players. 
Lomax is very good defensively. Dandridge is a big body inside that could do some damage. He would probably go to work inside. They'll try to attack Vic early with Dandridge. But overall, the Tigers are led by Kendrick Davis, the 2022 uh, reigning AAC Player of the Year. And he's honestly on track to probably win Player of the Year again within the American Athletic Conference. He's averaging 21 points a game, shooting 43% from the field. He's he's having his best shooting season of his career, uh, obviously, but he suffered an ankle injury early in the week or about a week ago. He missed the Houston game. Uh, He came back versus Wichita State the other night. I believe it, yeah, it was Wednesday night. He came back versus Wichita State. uh, 83 to 73, willed that team to victory, but Overall, you have to, it starts with Kendrick Davis. I mean, you look down, I mean, he might not have the best shooting percentage of the night. You look down at stat sheets, he's going to be maybe 4 or 14 like he was in the opening game of this uh, this series, but he's going to get his numbers. He's going to get his 15 to 20 points a game, whether it's a bat, whether it's from the field, but he's going to, he's very good at getting to the line. Short, long story short, you cannot let Kendrick Davis go 16 free throws. You cannot. We saw him do it last year. We saw him do it in the first matchup where he shot just four for 14 in that matchup. However, he went 12 of 14 from the field with 21 points. So half of his points came from the foul line. And I mean, he's a guaranteed 90, 90% free throw shooter. So you cannot let Kendrick Davis get to the foul line or he will make you pay for it. But overall, uh, DeAndre Williams is also having his best season of his career down there at Memphis. Obviously, Williams is a veteran guy. I believe he's the oldest player in college basketball, if I remember right. At, I think he's 25, but he's averaging nearly 18 points a game and eight rebounds, but he's shooting nearly 55% from the field. And DeAndre Williams is a guy who feeds off that energy. He's a very good player, very good defender. And him and Davis are a very, very dangerous tandem. So, Overall, it really kind of has to start with Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams. So the Bearcats are going to have to find a way to lock down Kendrick Davis. Obviously, the DeJulius-Kendrick Davis matchup has been fun to watch the last few seasons. So I'm very excited to see that matchup. And then DeAndre Williams is just one of those guys who has always done damage against the Bearcats. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So, Neil, with Everything going on with Memphis, injuries and, and all that, what do you think is going to happen with this game? I mean, how are they going to change up schematically what they do offensively and defensively? Offensively, I, I think they're going to find a way to get Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams going early. Obviously, Keontae Kennedy was that guy who was just averaging like 10 points, but he was a huge presence on the boards as well. But uh, he's one of those guys – who really kept that team together. Obviously, Jaden Hardaway got the start uh, versus Wichita State. So look for Jaden Hardaway to get some minutes. But this time, it's going to be a whole different matchup than the first game. Obviously, without Keontae Kendia, I would expect to see Malcolm Dandridge go a little bit more. Uh, Dandridge is a big guy, big body. I, I would not be surprised if they look to get inside attack with Dandridge or do a – if the inside game's not working and the Bearcats are defending it well with Vic Landers. They're, Memphis is going to start with KD. I think KD is going to come out, probably try to get the first bucket or so, get this team going. But overall, if the Bearcats can contain Kendrick Davis, I mean, if you can get him to shoot another four for 10, four for 14 kind of night, just don't let him get to the free throw line. But if you can limit that, I mean, 
this team's good, but that their offense is going to run out of Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams point top to bottom. I think everyone knows that, but overall the, I think they know like, Hey, we lost a big piece. We're going to have to put a little bit more on our shoulders heading into this one, especially with the uh, momentum the Bearcats have. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services, a leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Now, the Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Rebound the ball, man. Rebound the ball. Um, see what's been happening. They won the last two um, battles in the glass. They got two, two wins. So they got to rebound the ball, especially on the road, man, because – if you if you're allowing Memphis to get second chance points, that's going to get that crowd rolling. And this is not like other places they've been going the last few weeks. Um, yep. There's actually going to be some people in there. <laughs> <laughs> more than thirty people. It's more than thirty people in Memphis, so they got to bring it, man. Because you don't want that crowd to get rolling. You give them a early lead, and then that crowd gets to rolling, and then you got a super uphill battle. Um, don't let the refs be a little flaky like they were. Um, on Wednesday, on Wednesday night. So uh, then that doesn't help as well. So you got to keep this game close and, and being good on the glass is a key. And then not turning the ball over as well because you don't want Miss, you don't want uh, Memphis to get easy buckets um, as as hard as possible. So I think I think Vic will be his feet will be under him a lot better. You know this game. So I think he'll start off pretty good. And I think he has to take advantage. You know, of course I want Landers. To, I think Landers is going to be that guy and he's the key. But I think if Vic can come in there and uh, establish his size in the paint. That's going to be key as well. So I think he has to come in there. And if they got Williams on him, he has to punish him and put him in the basket damn near every time. You can't take it easy on him. If the double comes, make it out, and then he needs to reestablish himself and go right up. So, uh, yeah, man, but rebounding is the key, man. I I think they they can't – you know, every game they lose – Unless they get a ton of steals, you know, they're, they're losing the rebound battle by 10 or more, and you can't have that on the road. Now, Neil, your thoughts on what the Bearcats need to do to win big? Yeah, so JT mentions the rebound battle. You look down at the stats from the first matchup. Victor Locken went 11 for 14 from the field for a career-high 22 points, 10 rebounds. If you can get that performance out of Victor Locken here versus Memphis, I think you're in great hands. However... Last time these two teams played, Micah Adams-Woods had arguably his worst shooting performance of the season. Just went one for 10 from the field, and the Bearcats shot just one from 13 from behind the arc in the first half. They, I think if you can get – Micah Adams-Woods has really started to find his groove again. Uh, we saw him versus Temple. He kind of stuffed the stat sheet. I think he finished with seven points, five re- six rebounds, four assists. Obviously, it'll be curious to see how he responds. Obviously, we all saw he took a nasty elbow versus Temple. Had to get some medical attention there with some, as some blood was uh, cut out. Looked like he was cut right under his eye, if I remember right. But if you can get Mike Adams-Woods to have a performance where he shoots roughly, say, goes four for, four for eight. 
if you can get a performance like that out of Mike Adams Woods for 10 points or whatnot, I think you're in great hands. But obviously, if you can get a performance out of Mike Adams Woods, as well as winning the rebound battle and establish your presence inside, I think the Bearcats are being in good hands. Obviously, you look down and you can't you can't shoot one for 13 from the three from behind the arc in the first half. And we've seen that as of late, the Bearcats have started to find their rhythm attacking inside. They've taken less threes in the last few games. But however, everyone knows this Bearcats team is a jump shooting team. Everyone knows that. However, you look down, if you can get to your shots, if you can get some of those early shots to fall and you can build that momentum early, I think they're in great hands. I think they have, they obviously have the chance to go in here and uh, get a huge win, knock Memphis off as right now they sit in sole of fourth place in the AAC standings. If they can get this win at Memphis and they can get another help from whether it's one of the other teams in the conference to knock off Tulane one more time, the Bearcats could jump all the way up to as high as the second seed in the AAC standings. However, a two or a three seed is what you would ideally want to avoid Houston. However, they, in order for them to win big, it starts with the presence on the glass. If you can get a 22 and 10 performance from Vic, albeit take it, but they have to win the battle of the glass. DeAndre Williams is a physical beast. He's going to make his presence known on the glass. Everyone knows that. However, if you can find a way to throw a body on him, whether it's guys like JD or whatnot, JD's been uh, averaging, I believe, close to six boards the last few games. So if you can get as many boards as you can and win that battle, you're in great hands. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Uh, spot on with Vic. Um, I'm thinking Vic's probably going to play some more minutes, uh, hopefully more production as well. And, and listen, I think this is a game that we can win without a doubt. And I, I think we're going to go in there and win. You, you, and you think about, I've talked about this all season. When when you get our big three cooking, I think we're tough to beat. And Juice has a lot of momentum right now. Obviously, the game winner before uh, uh, Nolly played well in overtime. Vic uh, is back. So I think if we can get our big three cooking and all on the same page and, and another thing, too, and JT said this, you know, we're finally going to be playing in a good environment. Like there's going to actually be in a road environment. Obviously, fit third is always rocking, but a good road environment. And I think really that inspires the guys. I mean, they go at Houston, which is a good environment, and they play well. They feed off that energy. So I think that's what's going to happen. Um, against Memphis. And, and, and I, I think this is a game that we're going to win. We need our big three cooking. The Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and the Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. It's baseball season, so I want to do a baseball theme uh, hot topic here. Now, by the way, the Bearcats baseball team is uh, down in Florida taking on the Gators. Um, so it's great to see uh, baseball back, college baseball back. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds opening day, I believe, is March 30th. 
right? That's a Thursday. Um, have you guys, uh, this will be my first time. So this year, I'm actually going to go to the opening day festivities. Like I'm going to kind of go down there and go down to the banks, party up. I've never done that. I've been opening day one time in my life, but I didn't do the the festivities, the party and all that. I'm going to do that this year. Neil, have you ever done opening day? Yes, I did it last year with a couple friends. Is that your first time? Uh, That was my third time, I believe. But first time doing the festivities aspect of it. Okay. Legally, legally, drinking legally. Yes, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Having those adult sprites. How was it? You had fun? I loved it. It was a good environment. So if you've never been, it's definitely worth it. It'll be jam-packed. One of the best baseball cities in in the country. Everyone knows what they do for opening day. It, uh, the banks will be packed. Bars will be packed. They do the parade. They do it. They do it right. So make sure you get some skyline and uh, just have fun. Enjoy the company and enjoy that baseball season. We'll be back. Look at you plugging skyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT, opening day. have you done it? Yeah, yeah I've done it. It's you been party? a while though. Yeah, it's legit. You party beforehand? Yeah, yep, yep. I've never been to actually to the game. Like, I always forget to get the tickets. Or, like, they already sold out. But I'll, I've been down there a few times. So it's JT party's too hard, so he's missing the actual game. Well, no, nah, well, I just never get the tickets. <laughs> most, most, most people don't know, but JT, the T actually stands for turn up. Is that wrong? Nah, <laughs> man, I'd be chilling. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, quickly. Um, I'll start with you, JT, then I'll go to you, Neil. How many wins? How many wins will the Reds get this year? <laughs> wins. Man, I'll say if you bet money line against the Reds this year, you should you should be all right <laughs> by the end of the year. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, but uh let's just keep it real. I be uh man, hopefully they get 62. <laughs> no, maybe 60. Stay away from 100 losses. Maybe they can get 64 or something. 63, 64. I got okay. low expectations. No, you said it. Stay away from 100 losses. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got for you. And then the young people develop. They got some young pitching. Yeah. Got a couple young players. Hopefully, those dudes can come up like Ellie, you know, the other crews and all them cats. But let's see. Stay Neil? away from 100 losses, man. Yep. They're stealing with, money from us. I'm with you on that. Neil. <laughs> I think they, the Reds were projected coming into this season for 66 wins. So I'm going to shoot right at the 68 to 70 range. That's where I'm going to shoot at. Optimistic. Okay. Got more. You got, you got more. You got yeah. more. <laughs> However, they, they got to start spending some money. However, if that's how they want to win, they got to start spending some money. Obviously, the prospects, the farm system is very, very talented. However, they just got to find a way to put it all together at the big league level. Obviously, we saw the talent they had a few years ago. Let it walk. Rebuild. We can't just keep going through these rebuild phases every year and a half, two years, it feels like. Yeah. You got to yeah. be able to keep one of the, the key pieces, right? Yep. Anyways, yeah. All right. One or two, at least, you know, one on the staff, one on the, in the field, I would think. But who am I? Well, <laughs> let's let's use that to a segue and as we think about the Reds' past, obviously there have been some some very successful seasons. We've had a lot of great players uh, come through the Reds organization. So the hot topic today, and I, I love doing lists, rankings, whatever you want to call it. Um, Neil, 
I'll start with you. Can you give me your top three Cincinnati Reds players of all time for you? Now, I assume it's going to be like your Bearcat list where you started like at 2014 or something, <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. No, I got I got this right now. So my list is going to be Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr., obviously historic legend. And then you have to go with Joey Votto, just what he's done as a player, historic career. Everyone knows he's a Hall of Fame candidate, probably will be a first-round ballot Hall of Famer. But another one, my final one, Brandon Phillips. That What he did defensively was incredible. I mean, it just seems like he was making top 10 plays every night. He was getting behind-the-back flips to the second baseman to start double plays. He was just so engaging with the fans, so – Little fun story back at Reds Fest a few years ago. Obviously, everyone who's been to Reds Fest knows you can go meet the players and whatnot. I was actually right talking to Brandon Phillips, meeting him in his autograph line and whatnot. And then my phone rang and I looked down and it was my dad. So I answered it real quick and I was just right in front of him, like just having a normal conversation, talking. And he goes, Hey, let me get let me get that phone real quick. So I actually have a picture on my uh phone and whatnot from way back in the day of when Brandon Phillips took my cell phone because I had a buddy with me and he uh, got it on camera. Brandon Phillips took my cell phone and talked to my dad. So I have that as a pretty good memory. So it's just those little memories that kind of stick with you forever. That makes him one of my favorites. Well, you know, the, the thing about BP was he was really a community guy. Like he, he yeah. really loved the people. He was at Bearcat games a lot. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. He was courtside, always yeah. engaging with the fans. Yeah. I would see him out about on town so uh Same. definitely i think is a definitely a fan favorite jt on to you top three cincinnati reds of all time or your or your favorite favorite all right so if my favorite so favorite it'll skew it but it's uh, my favorites uh, will be barry larkin so that'll be one of the best in general um ken griffey just because ken griffey's probably the reason why i watch baseball um and then brandon phillips man he was pretty dope so like uh, with the glove, so yeah, he was legit, and he was around. Like you would see, like I probably bumped into Brandon Phillips a million, not a million times, but a decent amount of times. Yeah, especially downtown, just random, like not at, not at a ballpark. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, I think a lot of people have a story like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely bumped into him a few times, so that, that made him tight. So, the Twyman segment is sponsored by Ninety Three Ways to Mentor. All right, so so my top three list is uh, is different, very different uh, than you guys. Um, and when, when I say top three of all time, it means yours or or yeah, impacts yeah. you like like JT Ken Griffey Jr. is the reason you love baseball, right? Yeah, yep. So everybody's got their their own. So for for me, the the one player that really I know you guys are gonna laugh, but um. I just thought he was just like funny. Like, I, I I don't know why when I was young, he was one of my favorites. And that's Chris Sabo. Like Chris Sabo? Yeah. Sabo with, the goggles. Tight, the goggles. With, with the goggles and just, just how he like looked and he had the, like the flat top cut, the yeah. you know, army cut. Yeah. <laughs> I just was a, I just was a Chris Sabo fan growing up, man. I always enjoyed um, watching him play. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, so he's def definitely if I'm and I'm gonna put these in order so that he's number three. Number two's got Barry Larkin. All right. Um, you know, when I think about B Lark, you think of like 
one of the great, great Cincinnati sports families, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe the greatest. Cause I mean, think about this, man, you got two brothers that, uh, I mean, were stars <clears throat> and, and Barry and Byron, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's incredible sports families, but, uh, I mean, Barry was just, yeah, he was the man, he was the man playing, yeah. playing simple. So I got Barry too. And, I think I'm on record. I've said this many times. I've tweeted about it. My not only my favorite Cincinnati Red of all time, but my favorite baseball player of all time. And I've never met him. Is Eric uh, yeah. Davis? Eric the Red. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good list. JT, Eric the Red, man. Like he's a man. Man, I used to. So he, I think he got me in a lot of trouble because. When I was coming up, and I wasn't a very good baseball player, and one of my problems was I imitated how Eric Davis uh, batted, right? Oh, yeah. And if you don't have that hand speed like him, yeah, you done. You can't because <laughs> your hands are too low from the beginning. You know what oh, I mean? And man. you raise it up to get your power. You done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, I was awful. I I, I was strike out. Yeah. I, I I was like almost like I was trying to look too cool, yeah. and my my baseball career was short lived because <laughs> Eric Davis, your fault. When I see him, I'm like, it's your fault. I sucked at baseball. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> it's your uh, fault. But I still I've, I've I've never I've never met him. And the funny thing is, I got a, I got a funny story. So he's from um, Los Angeles, California. He's from uh, South Central LA, and I'm in I'm in LA like God, maybe ten years ago. And a friend of mine uh, used to run the South Central Boys and Girls Club in L.A. And I was over there helping. I was in L.A. and I was helping them with a food drive. I was passing out food to, to um, people and kids that, that needed food. And so we go in the Boys and Girls Club in L.A. And there's a big picture of Eric Davis on the wall. And it's signed. And I'm like, Corey, the guy who's the executive director, I'm like, why you got an Eric Davis picture in here? He goes, Man, he's like Eric Davis and I grew up together. He's like he came in here every day as a kid at the Boys and Girls Club. Like he played basketball, he hang out. And I was like, "You're kidding me!" I was like, "He's like my favorite Cincinnati Red of all time." So he was like, "Yeah, man." He's like, "I don't get to talk to him much anymore." And I was like, "He's like I don't even know where he lives." And I said, "I don't either." So anyway, I get on Facebook and I find Eric Davis's Facebook page. And I sent him a DM and I'm like, "Okay, he's not gonna see this," but I was like, "Hey." I was in the Boys and Girls Club. Your picture was on the wall. And I was talking with Corey Dantzler. And Eric Davis responded to me. He was like, yeah, Corey's my guy, man. I spent a lot of time there. And I was like, oh, that's what's up. But then I told him, I was like, yeah, you're my favorite player of all time. And I hope to meet you one day. And then he, he didn't respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> I went too far. I went, yeah, yeah, you had it. You should, yeah. Got yep, him. Yeah, I should have left it, just left it as it was, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But no, it's a good list, man. I'm excited that that baseball's back. Unfortunately, our Reds are not going to be very good. So let's let's remember this. Let's see if the Reds can. Uh, Neil, you said around 68, right? To 68 to 70. Yep. Okay, we'll see about that. JT, yeah. you were like, let's let's not lose 100 games. Let's not lose 100, man. That's all I asked for. <laughs> I would not be shocked if they want 55 games. <laughs> no, right? It's going to be a they want they want they want to every two. One of every seven type year. It's be a long season. Yeah. 
The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and the Beach Montoya, and 93 Ways to Mentor. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Now, I want to apologize to Bearcat fans out there. Uh, I was supposed to do a live podcast before the Temple game. We apologize. We had to cancel that. Um, Our special guest that we were working on could not be there. Uh, So we're working on trying to reschedule something to uh, do another podcast at Mio's. Uh, Keep everyone updated. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. We will be back with another new episode for the March 5th game against SMU. Now, Neil, correct me if I'm wrong. You're headed down to Memphis for the Memphis game? I am heading down to Memphis. I'll leave uh, leave tomorrow night. Okay, stay off of Bill Street. <laughs> I won't be getting in town because of late. I got some uh, other job duties, so I won't be hitting the road till about 6 o'clock. I don't want to see you on TikTok at uh, Silky O'Sullivan's on the bar dancing or or Club Handy or one of them other places. How do, well, I, how do I even know? Catch me at my hotel room sleeping. Okay. okay. That's where I'll be. All right. Just, just, just <laughs> They'll be catching me sleeping. Uh, JT? Um, you have a pack weekend? Yeah. Tomorrow shouldn't be too bad. Just had one one game for sure. And then I think I'm gonna go check out like the the uh like the little I don't know if it's like a all-star game, I guess, for seven eighth graders. I'm gonna go check try to check that out. One of my little homies is uh playing in it. So Wait a minute, they have seventh and eighth grade all-star games. Now? I don't know, it's something I don't know if it's an all-star game, but it's like something okay. they putting together. They don't put together. You know how I got hit up. Um, <laughs> some of my people. What's it called? It's called Rising Star Showcase. Okay, I'm not so, hit. Yeah. Okay. But, but I'm gonna try to check it out. It's at. Uh, I think they play at seven, so I'm gonna try to try to go out there. I don't know where it's at. Things at Aiken, maybe. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, and I'll see you on Sunday at the Shining Star AAU tryouts. Yep. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. We want to thank all the Bearcats out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Go Bearcats.